Okay, there. All right, now, it's, <laughs> now the timer's running. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, Lucy! Hi, Ned. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm great. Welcome. <laughs> Should Welcome. you know about stopwatches and timers? You're like a runner. Okay, this is wine, 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 wine. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Um, what are we drinking today, Lucy? This is Daniela Marcucci's Vini Conestabile. Conestabile? Conestabile? Conestabile is how I've always... Yeah. Yep. Uh, Rosso? Rosso, yeah. 2017? Yeah. Does, yep. That's it. That's what, <laughs> that's what we're currently drinking. Sangiovese? 100%, 100% Sangiovese. Sangiovese. Yeah. Umbria. Yep, 100% Sangiovese. And now we've both been here recently. Oh, yeah. Within the past month? Basically, yeah. actually, it's a little bit more than a month for me. Anyway, yeah, we've both been here recently, um, and so we'll probably both remember different things and disagree about how this wine is made and where it comes from. Totally, we'll probably have completely different memories of everything that ever has to do with the wine. Yeah. Um, so I think this is cool, and well, disagree with me if you want. <laughs> I think this is cool because it's a like naturally farmed. Uh, Zero sulfur, like no temperature control, really, really natural wine. What people in the natural wine world call a zero zero wine, where there's like. Do you think it's worth saying instead of saying zero sulfur, saying zero added sulfurs? Like, do you think we have a responsibility as like people in the wine industry to like make that distinction for people? Uh, you're probably right. We we probably do. So zero. <laughs> well, I yeah. just mean like. I think that that is important for the winemaker because they don't have any control over, like, the naturally occurring sulfurs that are the byproduct of grapes. Right. And we want to be clear with people that sulfur is a naturally occurring thing in wine. I just think that then that, like, prevents the consumer from being like, oh, this has sulfurs in it. I don't want to drink it. Right. But not because they don't know, or, like, not because they're being snooty, but because they don't. They don't know. know. Yeah. Sulfur gets chosen as a, a, like a lightning rod or it's, it's the like whipping boy of the natural wine movement, but there's so much else that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. Sulfur is just the thing that everybody like latches onto. So no added sulfur, sulfur. no added sulfur. I don't know what the like, uh, naturally occurring sulfur is in this. Uh, when I was there, he, Danilo was all excited about the Bianco Conestabile, he'd had that analyzed, and that was like 1.7 milligrams of sulfur, which was super, super low, like almost un, uh, unrecordable or whatever. So cool. Anyway, yeah, so these are pretty low. Um, but yeah, yes, no. Right, and yeah, so so it's like very, very natural, like yeah. almost, you know, and. No, like, chemical intervention and stuff like that. Just sort of, like, manual intervention of pump overs and stuff like that. And this is relatively affordable. This is generally, like, $20 retail. And so that's why I think this is really cool. And it's good. And it tastes good. Yeah. I think that, for me, one of the interesting things, having just been there, that he's doing that maybe I just don't know with other natural winemakers or even just winemakers in general... Um, is that like one of the things that he thinks changes his process is that it happens a lot in the vineyard in terms of like the pruning that he does with the vines. Um, 
maybe even just as much as it's happening in the cellar or like there's still a big component of his winemaking process that happens like before the grapes even grow. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think is like really cool and unique to what he's doing. Yeah. People, people talk about that, like wine that's made in the vineyard as opposed to being made in the cellar. Yeah. And he's very, very much doing that. Like, so this wine, as I understand it, he actually makes two different wines from this vineyard. Um, this the Rosso Conestabile that's 100% Sangiovese is a slightly earlier pass through the vineyard, and he harvests specific Sangiovese vines that he knows are at this point from like his personal experience. He knows that like this vine and that vine over there and stuff, and the vines in this row are clones are are like yeah. versions of the Sangiovese vine that produce grapes that are brighter and juicier and have maybe a little bit less sugar and a little bit less tannin. And so he harvests all of those and makes this brighter, fresher, really clean red wine from them. Um, And then he goes back and harvests all the other vines that like are versions of Sangiovese that have more tannin and sugar and stuff like that, uh, like a week or two, something like that later. And so those grapes are riper anyway. And he makes a totally different wine called the Conestabile Il Rosso from those and that is like a much darker denser richer like more substantial wine this is pretty like light bodied in a way like Mm -hmm. even though it has structure and like umph to it i think it would be more of like a lighter body wine i've started using the word tension describing wines a lot and i it's what do you a, I think it's a good it? word. I associate it with like uh, a, a, a balance of like acidity and minerality and fruit and sort of a freshness of the fruit that gives the wine sort of like a seeming dynamic quality and sort of a, a vibrancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been using the word tension cool. to describe that, but I feel like now I'm overusing the word. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I catch myself using it all the time. It, and I have never heard you use it. I'm cool with it. Okay, great. Well, I think yeah, it so good. to me, to me, it's like, so yeah, it's a brighter red wine that doesn't have a ton of tannin. Mm-mm. It's not really high in alcohol. It's 12 and a half percent, but it, ha- but I, I feel like it would be sort of deceptive or like not doing, doing a disservice to the wine to describe it as really light because it still has like a lot of energy. Like it's still, you drink it and you're like, oh wow, what's this? It gets your attention. Yeah. I'm going to pour myself more of it right now. Um, And I had some questions in his explanation of what he was doing in the vineyard in terms of pruning not because I didn't think that they were valid choices but just because I didn't quite like comprehend what the intention was behind it I think I just like misunderstood it yeah but from what I could tell he's like leaving vines Mm -hmm. rather than just like pruning down to the yeah he's he's leaving more, so a, a reason why a lot of people prune is to limit the vine's production of grapes. And he's so that doing if, the opposite. Sort of, yeah. He's like, so if, if you prune the vine way back, then it will produce 
fewer grapes and those grapes will be more concentrated. He intentionally, like he prunes the vine, but he'll prune it so that there's like four or five shoots or something like that that are all going to produce grapes and there will be more leaf cover and stuff like that because then that way the grapes will be uh, a little bit less concentrated or they'll have a little bit less sugar. I think he was also, correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of making the connection that then the grapes are getting more influence from the earth. Yes, he would be really happy. He'd be so excited to hear you say that. He'd be like, yeah, because he kept telling that to me. And (laughs) And all of us too, but I just like, (laughs) no matter how many times he like, like, expressed that importance to us apparently it just didn't get through to me but yeah yeah, I think that yeah he uh he yeah yeah, he feels like if the grapes are too concentrated if there's too much like sugar and fruit concentration that then that overwhelms all the other stuff like the the minerality Mm -hmm. like the character of the soil because it's more a product of the climate yeah yeah, you just you have the, like the sun overwhelming everything, and he wants to sort of express like the flavor and character of the soil and the rocks and that Which stuff. Which I think comes through. It totally comes through in this, and I. It's also, it's interesting talking to him and working with him um, because like he's a super super knowledgeable, driven guy who knows a lot and has a lot of experience. But um, he's translating from Italian to English, like, yeah. in his head. And yeah. so totally. the stuff that he tells me, I know that he's, like, trying really hard to translate it and that I'm missing detail, you know, in, in some right. of that. There's, like, a language. Yeah, yeah, right. And I know that with natural wine, so because he's not adding any sulfur to the wines, if he can intentionally somehow make them have... Uh, like be more acidic if he can make them have a lower be lower on the ph scale that acidity will inhibit any like bacteria bacterial growth in the wine and stuff like that so i wouldn't be surprised if that may not be his like end goal but it's certainly a part of you know the process it makes it work better and it probably helps him make because for a no temperature control, like wild fermentation, zero sulfur added wine. This is really pretty and like clean to me. It's like the, the flavors are pure and focused and stuff, which um, you you don't always get with natural wines. Can you talk a little bit about like what temperature control could look like? Just because I don't really know it's, if I get that. Is it, that like literally changing the, is it changing the temperature changing of the, the environment? Temper, it's change, changing the temperature of the fermenting wine. Okay. So like when the, when the grapes are pressed and you have like the primary fermentation kicking off in the winery, um, if you... If the fermentation goes too fast, it a byproduct of the fermentation is heat, and so the wine can get pretty hot. And if it gets really hot, uh, you can lose a, some of the, like the aromatic definition or details, like some of the the more delicate a- aromatic components of the wine. Okay. Uh, as I understand it. <laughs> um, but 
so it, that's I think this is a little bit more of a problem if you're adding engineered yeast from a lab because engineered yeasts part of what they're engineered to do is to do the fermentation really quick so that uh, other bacteria can't get in there. Um, this is wild fermented and when you're letting wild yeast do the fermentation usually they go a little bit slower and that helps keep the temperature down a little bit um, but it can still be a problem and I know that he does like so it's not he doesn't put the wine in so like a stainless steel tank with a water jacket and stuff to control the temperature or a heating or cooling coil but I know he does like the wine will be fermenting in like a big rubber or whatever like plastic like food grade vat or something like that and he'll intentionally like open the doors of the winery to make it a little bit warmer if he needs it to be warmer to like help get the yeast going or right. he'll close all the doors and like yeah do whatever he can like put it into the far back corner like in the dark to try and keep it cooler and stuff but it's it's just another variable where he's trying to not have a if i think his thinking i shouldn't say that that's dangerous the theory the thinking could be that if you're doing temperature control with like in a big stainless steel tank with a cooling with a coil in it the wine that's touching the coil mm -hmm. is going to like get a lot colder or a lot hotter and then the wine that's farther away is going to be at a different temperature and so you have like hot and cold spots and it does weird stuff to the wine it's not like as uniform it's not as gentle and it can it just can change the character of the wine yeah um which makes sense yeah i just like couldn't perceive not that it seems like there's temperature control happening there, but like as somebody who's kind of just understanding like what these processes yeah. can look like, like, yeah. I, I keep I'm saying, I keep saying what the differences it. are between Right. Things. I keep talking about temperature control. So it's, of course, you would then be like, what is that? why do you keep talking about temperature control? Why yeah. does that or just matter? Like, there's so, there can be such like extremes and extremes and just like, varieties of how these like differences come into play like temperature control can have so many different meanings as can like sulfur or like vineyard practices and so it's interesting I think it's like important when you're saying like this doesn't have x or this uses like far less of this um I can't think of what that's called context yeah like you need you need, yeah, you need context, context you need an explanation you. Yeah, yeah so you understand yeah, um I think so yeah, the, the context is like the the yeast yeast has a happy sort of an environment where it's happy yeah. happiest. If you get too hot, um, the yeast can will keep going and eating the sugar and stuff like that, but it can mess the wine up if it gets too warm. Yeah. And also then conversely, if the fermentation is too cool, it will inhibit the yeast and the yeast may not do its job quickly enough and you may get like volatile acidity and other nasty things. So you need to keep the wine's temperature in this like happy zone so some people like making wine on a large scale or you know for whatever reason you can use temperature control but then that has its own pitfalls sort of you know and yeah. he's trying not to do that i think it helps that he's generally making wine on a really small scale i think the uh the like 
little open top fermenters that he uses must be, I don't know how many liters, maybe a thousand liters, mm -hmm. something like that. Maybe not even something like that. So anyway, they're not that, they're not that big and that makes it easier to do stuff, move them around, whatever. Mm. Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, no, it does. Yeah. Hey, what does this smell like to you? Oh, no. <laughs> oh that's right, wine. I'm not going to say anything. Why? I don't, I want to hear what, I don't want to predispose you to think anything. I want to hear what you smell. I smell like really almost like, well, I don't know. I have a hard time with like the ripeness of fruits versus like dried fruits. Yeah. Okay. You know, because I think like some nice purpley fruits like plums or like figs or like other fruits that are the color purple can have kind of the same qualities as like dried red fruits or like really ripe strawberries or something like that. Mm, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think I kind of get like some of that tart, but also like fleshy plum and like fig kind of stuff happening more so I think than I get like, I don't know. You're making faces. What are you smelling? <laughs> Something that's not plum or fig, obviously. I smell, I think I smell tart fruit, like sort of tart cherry. Okay, yeah. I get some of that tartness. I definitely get like tart fruits, but yeah. I think I also like, and maybe it's more like on the palate and I'm just kind of confusing what I'm tasting with what I'm smelling, but I get like, like a more kind of like, yeah, fleshy quality of fruit. I can, yeah, no, I see that. I can, I can see the, like, the, like, red plum. Mm hmm And really, really ripe strawberry. Mm hmm Yeah. But there's also, like, speaking to what he's doing in the vineyard, like, a lot of that kind of rockiness. Mm hmm And, like, I don't really dig the word minerality always, just because, like, I don't have a good sense of what minerality smells like. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not really something I don't know that, that it I... smells like anything. I don't know yeah. if you can actually smell minerality. So yeah. it's like a weird association It's like hard for me thing. sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's like if I was like, this wine smells like the band Soundgarden. Right. Yeah, and you'd be like... What? Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I'm doing right now. But I think... I can more closely, especially having just been there and, like, felt the rocks and smelled them and, like, put my face in that earth and been like, yeah, yeah, okay. There is, like, a dryness and maybe even, like, saltiness or sandiness or kind of, like, rockiness to the earth more so than, like, wet soil or, like, more so than even, like, just dirt Yeah. that I get with this wine and with that earth. It overall, like, it's very, the aroma is very pretty, and the palate is very, like, clean, pretty yeah. fruit to me. It's kind of tart, but it's, like, really, 
I it's sort of like like roses and stuff yeah, like that roses. too in the palette That's true. In, the, in the aroma it's sort of really oh roses totally like rose water yeah yeah it's like a very rose. pretty wine mm-hmm. and I think clean too oh yeah roses is like a testament to the earth you know like yeah there's something more clean about like dry hot earth than there is about like wet <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah 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 oh I yeah totally there's something like cleaner about that yeah yeah. yeah yeah it smells different but it's also i've always been like pretty struck by the color of this wine how so which i think is like more like peachy on the rings on the outside okay then like I feel like when you pour it I'm always like whoa that's not wine that's like some other crazy thing made out of grapes like <laughs> do you know what I mean I do know what you mean yeah yeah you know it has like a really interesting like pinkish maybe even a little orangey Thing happening to it. Yeah. Maybe that's just my skin. <laughs> I Hold on. no. I I think I some know, of that. I don't think it is. No, it's not. No, it's. But it's really beautiful. It's pretty. Yeah, it's clear. I can see through it, but yeah, the edges of it are it like. I, I don't. It's really cool. I think some of it is. It's a Sangiovese thing. Yeah. Um, Sangiovese doesn't have as much pigment as some red grapes and it usually is like a little bit more red orangey bricky like a little earlier i think than some yeah. other grape varieties it's not as like purple and blue as as some are yeah and so yeah this has a whole range of colors from like peach to salmon to brick to ruby to a little bit of like like really almost black mm-hmm. all in the glass here yeah it's pretty uh let's you want to call it there yeah i do want to all call right. it there cool that covers the most everything great. yeah it's yeah. it's a super unique like it is cool really compelling thing from central umbria that's like very very handmade i when was it jeez was it it was two autumns ago, something like that, I think. I was, like, running with Danilo, and we were talking about winemaking, and he was like, I never never add sulfur. I don't think you should add sulfur to natural wines and stuff. And he was like, all I add is my soul. Hmm. And, you know, which sounds like a funny, sounds cheesy, but he, like, really, really meant it. Yeah, it's soulful. <laughs> He's very passionate and really means it. And like, it, yeah. it, it comes through in this wine. But I don't think those things are, like, mutually exclusive. Like, I think it's very, like, they. I think there are plenty of winemakers who are, like, my wine is full of soul to the point where, like, I'm adding a little bit of sulfur mm. to preserve the fact that Absolutely, I, like, yeah. I'm not soul into my wine. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. I just, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, I don't think there I feel like he really, really, like, pours himself into the wines yeah. and is willing to like sacrifice a lot of himself like for the for wines. Sure. I think that's true. And some of that comes through in the wine and it tastes tastes delicious. Yeah. I can taste a little bit of soul. 
here yeah. in this wine. It's yeah, that's, yum. That's true. <laughs> yes, yummy. Cool. Nice. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Wine, 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 Wine <laughs> with Lucy and Ned. Thank you. The Lucy and Ned Wine Podcast. Bye. Stopping the stop.